this is now the uh, the fifth movie this year to use uh, John a John Denver song prominently in the movie. Um, the third to feature specifically "Take Me Home, Country Roads," and okay. the second specifically to feature that song and Channing, and Channing Tatum. Tatum. So. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 472 with a review of Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick, and I just don't like introducing myself. And I'm Stephen Tequila Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are back to discuss the sequel to the Kingsman. This is Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Um, how you guys doing tonight? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, a very long pause there. Wow. That turned into kind of like a mood, like ambiance voice. That, yeah. How you guys doing tonight? That was like NPR status right there. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just trying to elevate this podcast to a, a more mature type of line. So that oh, we, we don't get, he we, went we there. Bad reviews like we did this past week when we got a one star review. Mm-hmm. From somebody who called this an immature podcast and some other <laughs> stuff that we don't have to repeat on the podcast. <laughs> what more I mean, do you want from us? Really all valid points. We almost reviewed Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that we didn't review, like, you know, a film, you know. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to be honest, it took me a second to realize you said a film. And I was <laughs> well, like, sorry. what the hell is a fell? <laughs> oh, sorry, a fell. I, I couldn't not say it without my NPR voice. <laughs> Do you ever listen to NPR? I no, but um, that's I've, that's I've just heard, your impression I've, of what NPR voices sound like. I've heard clips. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it, guys. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't got no question. No. Nope. Um, you know that 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 disdainful review just makes me feel so sad inside that I can't even open this episode with a question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was helpful. I clicked yes. <laughs> did, did, you, did you say the review was helpful? <laughs> no, but I should. <laughs> you know what would be helpful, though, is if people did like this podcast, if they would go give us a higher than a one-star review. I mean, two stars, three stars, anything you want. Yeah, I'm not even going to ask for four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, five, that's out of the question. I mean, <laughs> what is this? People will just catch on that, like, we forced you to do it if it's five. <laughs> and I, I do think there is a heavily skewed bias towards five-star reviews that come from people I'm like, I don't know exactly who that is, but I'm pretty sure I know who that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, Kingsman, the Golden Circle, guys. Do you want to get into this review? Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Kingsman, the Golden Circle, and then come back and give you guys a review. We're from the Kingsman Tailor's Shop in London. Maybe you've heard of us? Today marks the beginning of a new age. Wait, I'm gonna show you. Say goodbye to the Kingsman. I've kind of got a bit of a save the world situation here. Welcome to Statesman. 
as your American cousins, we'll be working side by side. Let's get started. We've got brains, skills, skipping rope. It's a lasso. Whatever. So Kingsman, the Golden Circle is the follow up to the Kingsman film. And uh, basically, there is this new drug cartel run by a woman who is, you know, tired of hiding um, herself and trying to work in the shadows to divvy out her drugs. So she concocts a crazy scheme that will allow her to, you know, be in the public eye and uh, maybe not get in trouble for it at all. And the Kingsmen stumble on to what's going on and have to do their best to try to stop, uh, you know, let's just say that they have sort of a save the world situation. Um, so, yeah, Stephen Miller, what did you Nailed. think of this film? Nailed it. So the the history on the Spoiler Warning podcast is that <laughs> pretty much everyone had a lot of fun with the original Kingsman movie. And I was the wet blanket who, like, <laughs> had – I like, I, I had fun with that movie, but there were just, like – Every time I was really vibing with it, something that felt like atonal that would bring me out of the moment <laughs> came in. And, like, I gave it what probably in hindsight was a little bit of a reactionary wait for rental. It probably should have been, like, a like a soft recommend or something. Because I realized waiting for this movie to come out, I was, like, pretty excited about it. Like, I was excited to enter the world of the Kingsman again. And maybe I've just been seeing too many serious movies. And I was, like, I was ready for just a dumb <laughs> good time. I, I was ready for exactly what Kingsman, the original movie, brought and and I think actually, if I'm not mistaken, you have missed the last couple of dumb fun action films that have come out, right? Like you've missed I think some so. of the I don't remember the last movie that we reviewed together that I would call like a dumb fun action movie. I feel I feel like there was something you missed. Did you see John Wick or whatever? No, two, I wasn't two? here for the John Wick you, two you review. You missed that. You missed Atomic Blonde. Yeah. You missed uh uh what is the movie with Sam Jackson and uh, Ryan Reynolds. The Hitman's hey no, the the hey bodyguard. bodyguard. The Hitman's hey yeah, no, bodyguard, which we didn't even review. <laughs> That's right. I, I've been missing all of these. Yeah. So I, w- I was ready for it. Like, I did. I was not on my snobby high horse. I was in my like, let's have a good time. Let's wash the memory of it out of my brain. Um, <laughs> and this Wait, movie, it, like, it, it, it the movie or it, it the first one? It the movie. It the movie. Oh, okay. Well, that is true. Stephen, who historically does not like scary films, went and watched it. So this, oh, well, was, I mean, a cha- this was a chaser to wash all of it out of his head. Oh, mm-hmm. bro, you had to go watch it. It was fucking huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, who, who are you not watching it, dude? People watched that movie when there was a fucking hurricane going on. They're like <laughs> fucking paddling down to the theater because you can't not see it, man. <laughs> anyway, continue. Anyway. 
All that to say, I was like pretty down for Kingsman this year, and I. It it might just be me. It might just be reactionary again. But I was like pretty let down by this movie. I felt like this. This did not have anything new from the old movie, and it kind of seemed like it took all the ideas of the original Kingsman movie and doubled down in a kind of, like, flaccid sense. Like, doubled down in a way that, like, (laughs) made it no longer as fun or striking what it was doing. Like, like the last movie, kind of a lot of the fun was watching the My Fair Lady type thing of Eggsy starting as some rough scoundrel street urchin kid and watching him like slowly grow into the Kingsman character. And there's just something like inherently less interesting about watching him start as the Kingsman like character, but then still shove in all the little winks as if he were also like a scoundrel is like, I like, I don't know. It just hit a tone that I didn't really get. And right from the opening scene in this movie, it just like, it dives into the action within like five seconds. It's giving you the most ridiculous kind of car chase fight sequence in the world. And it was fun. Like all all of it was fun, but it just was like, it was missing something for me. Like, I don't know. I I had a reasonably good time with the movie. Like I liked the new characters. I liked the, the, uh, I forget the name of the American, the Statesman people, which the trailer kind of shows all those actors. So I don't think it's really a spoiler to say that uh, there's another tribe of Kingsman-like people in this movie. I mean, that, um, that's, yeah, that's the, the basic premise, is that yeah. Kingsmen are kaput and they have to go hook up with their American cousins. Yeah, And, and like, in individual scenes and on paper, I, I liked a lot of that. I liked the gags and the type of characters, but there was just something in the, the whole of the movie that felt kind of flat. Like, it was, like, made in the editing room in post, and they kind of forgot to add, the, add like, the funny beats back in. Yeah. Like, like, a few things they doubled down on Absurd villains, right? The first movie had Samuel L. Jackson. Ridiculous, funny. The violence he caused was pretty much over the top and crazy most of the time. And they, like, triple down on this with Julianne Moore, who's just, like, extra silly, extra crazy, extra violent in ways that are, like, atonal to what you'd expect from her character. And that should have worked fine. And it just, like, for the most part, I didn't care about her every time she was on the screen. (laughs) Like, it felt like they didn't motivate why her character is the way she is super well. Um... The uh, the first movie had the kind of the bit about like over the top action happening out of nowhere. Like there's a Westboro Baptist type scene in the first movie that is just by far the centerpiece of that movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's the centerpiece because there's a big crescendo leading up to it. It's just like out of nowhere, this mayhem comes and it just like escalates the rest of the movie. And here, like there's a bunch of those absurd, violent moments, but none of them felt as like giddy or fun. And maybe it's just because like, the cat's out of the bag. You can't do that trick a second time and expect the same result. The cats or the robot dogs. Yeah, the robot dogs are out of the bag. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to harp on this because it didn't bother me much. But, like, they clearly thought it'd be fun to just double down on whatever, like, sex-related things the f- people didn't like <laughs> about the first movie. And I'm not criticizing it for being, like, a sex joke. I just thought it felt flat. It felt like kind of, like, lamer family guy bits where, like, I, I don't know. You just kind of remember, like, you're vibing with the movie and then you remember, like, oh, it it doesn't necessarily have my sense of humor. It's, like, just trying to fuck with me. So, I, I don't know. I had I had fun. Like, I enjoyed my time watching it, but I really felt like it was a step down, and I didn't I didn't find the movie very memorable. And I'm sad. They kind of wasted Channing Tatum. Like, I think they're setting up future times when maybe they'll not waste him anymore. But this movie kind of, all the things it introduced, it didn't really, didn't really give you in a satisfying way. So, like... It was meh. It was fine. <laughs> I, ne- I needed a fun, goofy adventure, and it gave me that, but I don't... I think it's, like, very middle of the road. Carson Patrick. 
you know, there the the scene that Steven was referring to uh, in terms of like uh, goofy sexual nature. Uh, I had a very loud internally but loud uh schnee's like cackle when that scene happened <laughs> because it just felt like a doubling down of uh to all the haters who were like that butt sex joke was a not funny <laughs> um so i don't know i kind of found that, that i found it humorous but um i mean i i enjoyed the movie i mean i really like the first kingsman um i wasn't on the first kingsman one of the few times i regret i wasn't on the podcast to defend the movie um, hey, that sounds like a dig on us <laughs> no i meant like to i just was like oh like i don't know i, I don't i think i did like a drop in i don't remember yeah, why yeah, you, but you did a little bit on on the next episode i think it's always better to just be there in person instead of trying to argue with yourself listening later mm-hmm. that wasn't obviously a dig uh but uh no like i mean i I was excited for this one. Uh, I mean, I I really enjoyed the sequel. Like, I just, I mean, I really just like Matthew Vaughn's movies. Like, I haven't met a Matthew Vaughn movie that I didn't like. So, uh, I, this is no different. Like, I just feel like that, you know, if you enjoyed the first movie, you're probably going to have a fun time with this one, too. I think I like the first one a little bit more, but I feel like this one is... Is, is still on par with the first. It's kind of like a Rush Hour, Rush Hour 2 scenario. Like, they're both pretty damn good, like, entertainment-wise. Um, you know, the... Yeah, there's some things that they double down on. There's some things that they obviously don't top from the first movie, like the church scene, but I don't really think that they were trying to top that sequence because, like, I don't... I feel like if they tried, it would fail... Um, I mean, th- their their attempt was clearly the a battle that takes place in the diner towards the end of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, just the way that was shot with the music going and the yeah. kind of the way the camera moves. It feels like that was their version of that, even though there was a lot less carnage happening. Um, I mean, but, I feel like that's how most of the action scenes in this one were. I mean, they were all shot the same, and like that's kind of feel like how they were all portrayed yeah to me that is the double down effect though is that when everything gets that way you kind of desensitize to it a little bit yeah i I mean i I did think like the the final action scene where they they you know kind of descend upon uh, poppy land julianne moore's you know lair like that like i feel like that was all very satisfying uh uh and the set to the to all the Elton John songs. Like, I thought that was like, (laughs) like that was a very satisfying scene. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that they were trying to be like that as the topper to the church scene, but, um, but I think like that, that like that, like, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. Like it was confirmed that he was going to be in this movie. Like, uh, that Elton John plays himself. Uh, and I feel like that's a perfect example of this movie is that, like, they have Elton John playing himself in a very, like, exaggerated version of himself. Um, and it's, like, kind of funny. Like, when it when he first shows up, you're like, oh, ha, that's funny. Elton John making fun of himself, whatever. And then, like, they really, like, just go to bat with it. And they're like, you're going to fucking lick this joke. <laughs> and then, like... <laughs> but, but I think it does come through at certain points. There's no, one, it does. In the it one does. scene during Julianne Moore's press conference that she's giving... 
like, oh yeah no I, I, thought, I feel like I it, thought there was a level of humor with that that exceeded most of the time that he was being used but, but see this is like maybe where I just like don't quite mesh with the target or like what they're aiming for is like, like, I, like I enjoyed I enjoyed at first seeing him there and like I enjoyed some bits about the meta fact of how far they went with him but a lot of the times they were double triple quadrupling down on yeah. the Elton John jokes I was just kind of rolling my eyes like oh, alright we're, we're going back to this well one more time yeah. but even but even in that scene, to me, what makes that th- scene funny is she's in the middle of this live broadcast and didn't bother to think that he, that he wouldn't just shut up mm-hmm. during it. And to me, the funniness is not that it's Elton John. It's that somebody is yelling while she's trying to talk seriously about her plan. He also is the source for what I would say is the best paying off doubling down of the princess joke from the first movie. <laughs> yeah, they really doubled down. They literally doubled down on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they called back to it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got you what you meant by double down. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I just, I just, I mean, I had a fun time with it. Uh, uh, and uh, this is now the uh, the fifth movie this year to use uh, John a John Denver song prominently in the movie. Um, the third to feature specifically "Take Me Home, Country Roads." And right. the second specifically to feature that song and Channing, and Channing Tatum. Tatum. So <laughs> that juxtaposition was pretty. Like I know they couldn't have planned that, but the timing of it, like when this movie opened, and a kind of like uh, Englishized version of "Take Me Home, Country Road" is playing, I was like, "Really? This song <laughs> again?" You, you got to make you kind of really like it, is. Though. Oh, sure. it it's really been is. in my head like ever since then. It's oh a good yeah, rendition of it. I feel like the the character who sings it in this movie, um, that's also a, a a really good scene too. He nails it. I I, li- I listened to the John Denver one today because it was in my head. It was not as satisfying as here. <laughs> it wasn't as satisfying. Head, people singing it. <laughs> was it? Was the? Well, who did it best? John Denver, the little girl, and Logan Lucky, or or the character in this movie? The character in this movie, yeah. I think. I can see that. I can see that. But yeah, it's, it is funny how like 2017 somehow is just the year of John Denver. Let's use John Denver songs. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Oh, this God, one isn't even know. set in West Virginia, so it feels like extra. <laughs> I don't know. I think Logan Lucky has more dibs to it, but I like this movie's use of it just fine. Yeah, I don't. I, I couldn't even remember if, if the character said he was a fan of... Uh, John Denver in the first movie or not, but uh, when he said he was a fan of it in this movie, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I anyway. love how we're being catty about which character. I, I, don't, I don't see how this pertains to it being a spoiler. Yeah, I, I guess the things that happen right after he sings it are more of a spoiler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or she, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, yeah, knows? we don't. Who knows? Could be a fucking robot dog. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I have to ask, and I know like we're... I don't mean to step on Chris getting to weigh in for too long, but <sighs> did you, Carson, like Colin Firth in this movie? I thought they, like, wasted him in this movie for the most part. Uh, yeah, like, I, I like the the explanation that they had for how they brought him back. Um, I thought was pretty, pretty good. It synced up a lot uh, cleaner than you would expect like I don't know if they intended it to be that way, like just from the first movie, but like just how it syncs up in the second one, it's like oh that that seems like a very seamless 
uh, transition. Like, it didn't, mm-hmm. you know... Um, yeah. But I, I liked his... Uh, I liked the kind of... The dynamic that he was, like, just not fully aware and he was, like... <laughs> just seeing butterflies like half the time like that that was like a nice visual uh gag every once in a while um but i i like that they brought him back i mean i i enjoyed colin firth a lot in the the first movie seeing him play against type as this like super badass um spy was a lot of fun so i like that they brought him back mm-hmm. i didn't have a problem with that it was not, as I told Sarah after the movie, it was not like a Men in Black 2 where they forcibly tried to think of, <laughs> think of a way to bring Tommy Lee Jones back. They're like, oh, he's a mailman now. And this is the predator. We gotta. I was like, ah, oh, just, you know, you set it up with fucking, you know, Will Smith and Linda Fiorentino. Like, why does Tommy Lee have to, you know, but it, it was a lot less like uh, force than that. And some other movie sequels like that, that try to do that. I feel like I feel like that this was like very seamless. It felt like they had this plan from the start. I don't know if they did, but it felt mm-hmm. that way. I'll, I'll I'll go back to it after Chris weighs in on the movie. I feel like I feel like maybe there will be a, a, a few more things to talk about there. <laughs> well, um, I did have some fun with this film, uh, as as Steven, as, as Steven said that he didn't want to step on anything I was going to say, but he did anyways. <laughs> Um, I actually think this film suffers very terribly from trying to work in Colin Firth. Um, I, I, let me rephrase that. It's not that it suffers for trying to work him in. It suffers from the fact that the story has to take a backseat to reinserting Colin Firth to try to kick things off. Like, this film grinds to a halt. Like, they have a plan. Something crazy happened. They have to go do it. And then this whole Colin Firth arc happens, and they have to literally just halt the entire story so they can deal with this just so we can get caught up so that in the climactic battle of the film, he can he can also participate in it. And I think while I am glad he's back, I like having him there. He was one of the best parts of the first film. Um, I don't think that it adds anything to the film. And I think that we could potentially have a better film if his character would have stayed gone. Um, and that's one of those things where it's, it's really hard to tell, but it just, it felt like just fan service with no addition to furthering the story in any way whatsoever. And that kind of, that, that was one of the sides of disappointment that I had watching the film. Um, besides that, I think it also suffers from like the Harry Potter syndrome where it's like the first film in you know, the first Harry Potter film is all about like the school and how the rules work and how everything is there and like stuff that Chris lives for basically yeah stuff <laughs> that I stuff that I love like world building and this film oh so hot <laughs> th- this film sort of is just about like oh we're kings man we're gonna blow some shit up right <laughs> and, like, and it, it's it's just it, it it's it's fun but. Like, you literally, the film opens with, like, the Kingsman being destroyed, right? So everything that makes the Kingsman awesome, um, like, the, like you know, the secret places stashed all around and, and, like, the organization as a whole and what they're doing, all of that is sort of put aside and you just kind of have two guys who are going to meet up with the statesmen 
and then trying to go take on this villain. And honestly, like the, I think there, if this, if this was a TV show, I think the, uh, Julianne Moore's evil plan per plot in this would be perfectly fine for an episode of a TV show. It has that like sort of silly bad guy, like, uh, it's like a, it's like a weird, like cartoon Lex Luthory kind of plan where it's like, it's a really dumb plan, but it's also kind of smart. And it, it's kind of like, I, I appreciate the silliness of it, but it's, it's missing like the, the like, oh my God, like, yeah, they have a, we got to save the world situation on their hands, but they kind of don't in a way. It's almost like the real villain is maybe somebody else that's uh, in the story somewhere, like a little side character. Um, it's almost like the real threat is coming from other people who are capitalizing on what the bad guy's plan is, right? And I think that there isn't enough strength to really excite me about the world of the Kingsmen in this film. Like, don't get me wrong, I hope there's a third Kingsman film. I would love it if every year we had a Kingsman film, right? Like, there's certain franchises that, like, just give me more. You know, like, I'll, I'll take I'll take a Kingsman. I'll take a Mission Impossible. I'll take a Jack Reacher. I'll take a whatever, right? Like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a Jack Reacher, too. <laughs> um, well, you did take a Jack Reacher, too, and it wasn't so good. Hey, you. Oh, um, butt but, jokes. <laughs> yikes. Uh, but yeah, like, I, 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 it's it's just one of those things where it's like this film pearls clutched activated <clears throat> doesn't this film doesn't excite me in the same way that the first one does. I like that we're back. You know, it feels like oh yeah, like I, I like the idea sure, of the statesman. It's fun like, world. Yeah, it's 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 fun world. I I like the idea that there's an American arm of of the Kingsmen called the Statesmen. I mm. I like that that they're you know they make whiskey like that, that's it's it's cool right it's it, 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 <laughs> I like booze too. <laughs> <laughs> there there's just a too bad fun... that we're making craft beer though, bra right? Dude, yeah, <laughs> dude. The Brewman, if, the, if that that's like the third film, right? Um, or Craftsman, yeah, I guess. The, the, way, that's the San Francisco arm of the, the... in Israel. It'll be the Hebrews. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's there's fun stuff, but I just kind of you know had an issue. So the other thing too is they go way way over the top with the robots and stuff like that in this film. For some reason, like I mean, the first film clearly doesn't live in real reality you know like we have a woman with sword legs running around kicking people. women can't have sword I mean, legs I, I, come on <laughs> only this men tw- have sword legs this is 2017 neither men nor women can have sword legs no person should have sword legs anyways what i mean is like there are there are silly things in both films right um things that we're just supposed to take for granted are real in this world but for some reason I think robot dogs like stretch the credulity of <laughs> the oh, universe, brother. right? Does nobody agree? I, I, th- I, I, don't, I think, don't know if I agree with that. I think you're alone in this argument. I think the, the technology showcased in the first like five minutes of this movie is more over the top than anything that Julianne Moore I, I, has. I'm including cybernetic arm augmentation that can hack a car with a fingertip. Okay, <laughs> I'm including that. I'm including that. I just think that there's some level of of uh, it, it, it just it, it, there was a level of silliness that sort of like they were just they're like this is a comic book movie just deal with it right it wasn't this like this is like a sort of bizarre realistic take on the spy genre it, this was like you know we got robot dogs freaking 
top of an island with it is there was some level where it's like okay you guys just aren't taking yourself serious anymore <laughs> i mean why why would they though i mean i don't know the first movie didn't take itself seriously at all i mean it took itself somewhat seriously certainly the climactic on... scene did not take itself seriously but, but that's the thing is the reason why the climactic scene is so funny or not funny depending on who you are is that <laughs> it just goes crazy at the end like mm-hmm. like oh whatever just don't say it, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess I won't say they, it. They show footage of it in this one, and I was reminded by how silly it was. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, that. that is... It's been somewhat serious up until that point, and then they do that, and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. But this whole film felt sort of like that way, and I don't think it... it, it's, it I don't think it benefits from that. I just think it's like, well, we're a silly movie, right? So, I don't know. I... All in all, I didn't mind my time in the film. I enjoyed it. It just, I definitely doesn't hold a candle to the original Kingsman. Hmm. Yeah, and like I, I don't imply that I didn't have fun. Like the action was still fun. You know, I still laughed a lot. I cracked even, even at the things that weren't totally my cup of tea. Like the jokes that I felt like they doubled down on and didn't work. You know, there's always a kind of a meta laugh you have at how ridiculous they were willing to get. And like that, that's always fun for a couple hours. It's just, I don't know. I, I was trying to think of why the Colin Firth stuff fell flat to me. And to me, I think may, maybe it just has to do with how much you loved the first movie. Like, because I wasn't super in love with the first movie, a lot of the call kind of like callback itis that they go to didn't work for me. And they, they lean hard on that with Colin Firth. Like there, there's a few situations they put him in that are just like very direct recreations of things that happened in the first movie. And I thought that gag was great though. Like the manners maketh man. Thing. See, that one fell super flat to me. Really? I, I, was, I, I don't know why I just wasn't in the mindset for it. I was watching it. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, they're repeating it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it was funny. Cause he, yeah, I, yeah I, I understand. I thought the payoff was pretty funny. I don't they, know. It, yeah. it, it didn't work for me. That, that one didn't work for me. I don't know why. And like most of the time, they were very consciously calling back the first movie. It didn't, didn't do much for me. So it might just be that it wasn't fresh enough in my head. Like it, it wasn't a thing that I was so eager to watch that I was like cracking up at the fact that they would do it again. Yeah. I don't know, man. Another movie lost to New Schnees. <laughs> pour, pour one out. Another sequel. There, another one another bites ca- the dust. <laughs> there's a funny thing. I don't mind this at all, but it, it's like funny to notice that it, it seems like the villains in these movies are all just like normal, like democratic policies. <laughs> like, like, like Samuel L. Jackson wants to give like free cell phones and stuff, but then there's a nefarious plan and... Julianne Moore, I, I don't think, I don't know if you spoiled you gonna, what her plan is. Are you going to try to make the argument that she wanted to give free health care to everyone? <laughs> no, she wanted to legalize drugs. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to legalize drugs, bro. It's just funny. It's like he, he takes things that would be like legit like political talking points and makes it into like like a crazy supervillain. It, yeah. It's funny. I, like, I find it funny. It, it's just like a, it's a funny theme. I wonder if he's going to keep going that way. Well, no, that's what I, I like that her, her idea is ridiculous, but it's also kind of smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I liked. Um, I mean, I think I liked the evil. I liked Sam Jackson and his evil scheme uh, better in the first movie, but this one was still like just as entertaining. I thought, um, but I, I like Julianne Moore's um, her lair and everything and the design of that. 
more than the Sam Jackson villain. His like under he just had like a typical like you know the underground bunker or whatever. Yeah, they, but, they uh, had fun with the production design here. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like that they that he. I mean, it's kind of like. I mean, a lot of spy movies kind of take you know uh, topical subject matters or whatever. Uh, but they. But I like you know. But they're obviously playing it serious, and then this they take it and they they just make it like really absurd. Um. So yeah, it's fun. Uh, I, I mean, I I hope people like. Um, Channing Tatum's character because there's apparently two spin-off movies regarding his his character in development. <laughs> really? So, wow. Two. Not one, two. They and really double is, down on everything. Yeah, double down, I sure. <laughs> um in addition to obviously setting him up for a, a third Kingsman movie. I can only assume that his character from Logan Lucky took the rest of the money and then started <laughs> started making whiskey. <laughs> But apparently he was supposed to be the whiskey character. Like, that was supposed to be one character, but he had, like, scheduling issues or whatever. So they split that in two, and that's why What's-His-Butt from Game of Thrones is uh, the whiskey character. <laughs> and C-Tates is a new character, you know? Interesting. So, yeah. But it is funny how, like, how prominently he's built. I mean... I mean, it's understandable because you've got Channing Tatum in your movie. It's like, come see, you know, Channing Tatum. And then they might be a little disappointed. But, I mean, he does get to dance in it. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there was something weird about the bait and switch, though. And, and that story makes sense where it's like they're clearly advertising Channing. And then they're like, Channing Tatum. Oh, oh Pedro Pascal. Here you go. Like, like <laughs> they just like swap him out. Did they, did they, did they, uh, did they reshoot stuff? Because, like, there's a scene in the trailer. Where uh, Eggsy's like, he's like, oh, it's very American. He's like, fuck yeah. Mm. And like, that was not in the movie at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might have, or they might have just cut that out. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I got the sense watching this movie that it was like very modified in the editing room. I, I don't know why. It just, it kind of felt like they put together things that weren't like, like the order of things that happened wasn't quite the way I feel like on the page they would have but I, I don't know i just got that general feeling yeah so i mean i i did think it was like a very brisk movie though like it's a like a two hour and 20 minute movie but i feel like it goes by like really fast so i i don't feel like it took long but i feel like a lot happens in this film even though not a lot is going on in general like i feel like a lot of time passes in a weird way and i don't know if that's just me <laughs> Uh, I no, like <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention to that or cueing in on that, cluing in on that. Whatever, I don't know. I, I think I know what Chris would have wanted more. That's <laughs> like the How to Train Your Dragon two idea, where it's like we can't get the originality again, so we're gonna flesh out the world in a like amazingly Broadway. Yeah. And this movie instead like decided to like double down on the beats that made the first movie well, so, funny. So so here's the question. Why does Julianne Moore take out the Kingsman in the beginning of the film? Like what reasonable expectation like first of all, the Kingsmen are supposed to be this like sort of secret society, right? Like well but 
she knows someone who knows all about them. Right. Yeah, but like that guy wanted to be a Kingsman, so he was trying to get recruited to the Kingsman. But he doesn't know what they've done. He probably does. I mean, I, I kind of don't remember the first movie so well anymore, but I think they established that so he it was, is the sort of society that some people are like basically brought up training to try to get into. No, no, but what I mean is outside of the fact that he happened to be present during the climax of that film, he is not privy to individual missions that the Kingsmen have gone on in the past, right? Mm-mm. So what good reason does Julianne Moore... Like, Julianne Moore is just like, oh, well, if there's a secret society, they'll definitely stop my plan. I might as well blow them up. Like, it seems like this weird, like, preemptive strike against an organization who doesn't even have her on their radar until she blows them up, right? Yeah, I like, don't know. That, that just seems like the Avengers-y type thing of, like, assume everyone knows where the... Every villain knows where the most dangerous threat to them in the world. But the statesmen didn't even know who the Kingsmen were. <laughs> like, I don't and know. I, I mean, I also think it was sort of like a... It was mostly like a vengeance thing from the one guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but... He just was like, let's, you know, team up and... I'll help you punch some fools. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was just something that kind of bothered me because, like, up until we find out what her plan actually is, like, back when we just think that she's making drugs, I'm like, why would the Kingsmen even care if uh, missiles didn't fly into all their buildings? Like, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me until a broader plan was unveiled. But at that point, they were already trying to stop them, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, it seems like a... There just seems something faulty in the way the narrative of the story was like constructed, but it was like I, I it's not that I care that much, but just one of the, that's one of the reasons why this film feels weaker than it needed to be. Yeah, like that didn't bother me, but on a on a fun level, I would have kind of liked to see more of them together for a bit because that was an element we didn't really get in the first movie much. So I I was kind of bummed that like they don't at least give you that before then busting out the big the big inciting event. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe this movie would have been more fun to me if they had let me live in the world of the first movie for like 20 minutes before then modifying everything. It kind of feels like they went straight to the changes right away. And that didn't give me a chance to like remember what I had before they took it, <laughs> took it from me. <laughs> You're saying they would, <laughs> they would want, the, the film is like a little puppy and you want to be able to play with the puppy before they hand you a gun and yeah, tell exactly. you to shoot the puppy. <laughs> I'm not going to make a spoiler, but they one instance where rather than double down, they wimp out on what a character did. <laughs> All right. Well, so should we get to verdicts for this film, guys? Sure. All right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass as a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm going to simultaneously bump the first one up to recommend with a caveat <laughs> so this one can live in wait for rental territory and be lesser than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh Carson Patrick. I I still think it's a must see. I think if you're if you're not uh I just think if you do like the first movie, you're probably going to like this one. Um unless you're like Chris and are a weird exception where you you know, you're going to find faults in these these movies but uh there wasn't any avocado toast in this movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah where were the brunchmen that's the movie i want to see (laughs) the brunchmen (laughs) Uh, 
They're just sipping bottomless mimosas and, I don't know, eating avocado toast. Good they're, they're headquartered in L.A. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to give this a wait for rental as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to watch it in case they make a... Th- well, I guess, as Carson said, they're making two spinoffs and a third, so... Well, I highly doubt they're going to make two spinoffs, but yeah, they're... They want to. I feel like maybe one, but uh, definitely Kingsman 3, I think, will be coming our way soon. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, it's just weird because it's like this movie, I feel like, uh, you know, was just as silly and ridiculous and uh, entertaining as the first in, in many ways. Um, you know, it's hard to to do sequels like this but uh i feel like they they were very successful i mean i know matthew vaughn didn't do kick-ass 2 but way better than kick-ass 2 (laughs) i I think maybe part of it is i got the sense that they already knew kingsman 3 was happening when they made this so the movie had kind of a middle a middle movie feeling where like they didn't need to give you like the stakes are big but they're not big in like in a sense that like you're really driven to be excited about what's going to happen next. I, I kind of feel like they were they were pulling their punches a little bit for the third movie where there's going to be, like, the the characters back in glorious form. But, so, I, so I don't know. That, that might be it. Maybe the third movie is going to retroactively make me like this one more. But but the problem with that <laughs> that as a concept is that, like, the setup for this film is destroying all of the Kingsmen. So, like, in the third film... Unless we're just going to, like, skip to, like, six years later where they've recruited a bunch of other people and, and hired new people for all the roles that are now vacant. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? <laughs> it it just seems like they've built in their own problem, which is like, hey, we'll just reset everything. And then is it going to be, like, Exy going around trying to recruit people that were like him and just going to, like, pass the buck down or what's going on? I, I don't know. I think the, I think they'll be all right. <laughs> they'll they'll figure something out between now and whenever it comes out. Yeah. 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 Was it three years since the last one? Uh, no, it's been two years. Two years. Hmm? The first one came out in twenty fifteen. Okay. It felt yeah. felt longer than that for me. Mm. I guess because it was early. It was like February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, 2019 or 2020, I'm ready Come for on. it. <laughs> Prove me wrong, Matthew Vaughn. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, if you want to find me, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Carson Patrick? I am nowhere to be found. <laughs> Chilling on my my top of my mountain in Cambodia or whatever. All right. Well, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. If any of you listeners out there are playing Destiny 2, you can also find me on Xbox Live, ChristopherIRL, there as well. We should uh, should meet up. Chris is hunting for a girlfriend. I'm not hunting for a girlfriend. (laughs) I'm I'm hunting for a fire team. Fishing. Which is right now more important <laughs> I that oh man I, that's a panty drop in line if I ever heard one uh, but anyways 
He just wants someone to keep him company at night. <laughs> you can find the spoiler warning over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Kingsman, The Golden Circle, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, yeah, we are going to take off and we will be back next week with a review of something. What's coming out next week? American Made. American Made oh, is yeah, out. American yeah. Made. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that yeah, one. Yeah, I yeah. am too. We will be back. Give me next the movie week. I really wanted War Dogs to be. <laughs> oh, shade. But yeah, we will be back next week with a review of War Dogs. So hopefully, not War Dogs. <laughs> you just incepted me. We will be back next week with a review of American Made. So hopefully, you are enjoying that. Um, or you will enjoy that. You are. It's, it's, this podcast is over. Oh, they're, they're going <laughs> to fucking enjoy it, man. They're going to enjoy the fuck out of it. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. <laughs> no, it's, no one's here anymore. <laughs> Everyone's left. Goodbye, listeners. See you next week. <laughs>